Hi, thank you for joining us. Today I am Nicholas and we are speaking on the Inky Lives Radio. And today I'd like to discuss with you addiction. And today our host joining me is our host Jimmy. Hello. Hi Jimmy, how's it going today? Pretty darn good, thanks for asking. Excellent, okay. And uh, what, what, if you had to describe yourself in two words, well, how, would you, how would you say that? Sometimes words don't express it. I actually write short stories and poetry about it. About how you would describe yourself? Yes. Okay, okay, that's... And I wanted to say one thing. Yes, I suffer from schizophrenia. Hmm. I just wanted to get that out there right off the bat. Excellent. Okay, and I'm sure people are wondering, does this affect your day-to-day life, or do you have some sort of control on this I just go with the flow that's good that's that's mainly what we're all trying to do over this mm-hmm. and a lot of us you know have some sort of um, things and I was watching a TED talk the other day and all of us are procrastinators but just whether or not we act and how we act upon those act on our you know on opportunities we get so, um, so on the topic of addiction, I uh, mainly, my struggles struggled with uh, mainly um, alcohol and uh, Xanax. And then when the Xanax hit, it pretty much anything under the sun was just there. I don't remember doing heroin, you know. I don't have any needle marks. Um, never trusted positive for heroin. So that's one I kind of try to stay away from. As far as drugs go, do you have uh, major ones that you would say knocked you down the most, Jimmy? You ever heard of the K2 fake stuff that was going around? Oh, oh yeah, that. I really affect, that made me a very violent person. Yeah, there was only one time I did that, and that was on the school bus to school. On the way back, we had a little cigarette, one hitter, and I, and oh my God, I couldn't speak, couldn't talk, I tried to eat a cinnamon bun, mouth, I couldn't swallow it was but yeah and then I did it a couple other times later in life uh, yeah but so K2 you think is the most that one really tore my like I said tore my life apart oh I almost got married once because of it married? yeah I had an ex-fiance at one point oh yeah oh my goodness I actually had a sugar mama for a little bit too had she feed you drugs or was just no that was strictly to uh sex and stuff i'll say lust lust yeah Uh, desperation oh yes very good very good cool okay so i when i i guess when i started it and um a lot of people do say uh weed is a gateway drug Mm -hmm. what's up that's total crap oh yeah it's insane it's the what what happens is the gateway what the gateway opens when the repercussions of doing marijuana hit so as soon as i got in trouble and somebody was like no you can't smoke weed i was like you know what i'm gonna do ecstasy i'm gonna do 25i i'm gonna do all this stuff for my friends that i don't know what it is but it gets me you know yeah so and it just opened up this door, and the whole time I'm doing all these other drugs, all I wanted to do was just smoke a doobie. 
Yep. You know? I have to go back to the roots. Yeah. I say that ironically because, of course, it is a plant. Yeah. It grows in the vine. Yeah. The Indians grow it. Fucking George Washington grew it. They're, um, you know, be really cool. What's that? You know, people see artifacts about presidents and stuff. Yeah. Can you imagine finding one of their bowls? Oh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yep. Indeed, yeah. The different things. So, yeah, I guess mine started around 15, 16, you know, freshman in high school, and then got in that trouble. I did a year of sobriety, which was just I agonized myself, surrounding myself with the YouTube videos, the music, the culture, just the stoner. I was just torturing myself torturing myself and then when that year came I was like oh you know I did a year I can I can do it again and just and it opened that door what's that hmm? wait a minute look through that one more time what is that what's the last thing you said oh uh, so um my the when I got a year sobriety from the weed, I finally was like that it was enough time in my head that all those those um, bad consequences that happened for me smoking the herb and the repercussions and I completed everything, I wrote the essays and and then I six you know, and I went and, and I, on my year I chose to smoke weed and Oh, and the fear of doing drug, getting drug tested, it was only once or twice, and then I just went straight to those harder drugs that, you know, went out of your drug test in two days. Mm -hmm. So when did you start, Jimmy? What, using? Yeah, well, like, just first experimenting, and then mainly, like, proceeding into use, and then... Oh. Well, I forgot who I told, so I'll say it again, but... Uh... One last time, dude. Okay, yeah, so we're... So when did you start? Uh, like, when did you start experimenting? And then when did that experimenting turn into use? Yeah. Well, since... Uh, at, at a young age, I was... Crap, hold on a second. So Jimmy, how would you say you're, you went from um, experimenting and then into use? Well, at a young age, I discovered my dad got turned me on to the Beatles. The Beatles. Yes, and what they did, Sgt. Peppers and all that, I thought, hey, they were something to do with LSD at the time. So I was, at a young age, I always wanted to try acid. But I already got the opportunity to try pop first. Then I slowly grew into it. Then I got to my goal. Mm -hmm. So about like what age did you use pop? Oh, did I ever tell you the story about? Wait a minute. Yeah, anything, anything you want to say? Go ahead. Oh. Yeah, we got all the time in the world. Okay. Or something. Mm -hmm. So, 
What age did you use? You said you were a senior in high school? Oh, pretty much, yes. Oh, God. I always wanted to say this, but... Uh, I was like I said, the senior. I was a senior in high school, and before I did any drugs or any drinking or any of that, I used to have to argue with them. It's like, no, dude, I don't do that stuff. And I kept on going on, mm-hmm. so uh, I actually pissed me off so much that I actually, that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to drop out. Okay. But I'm not sure if it counts as irony, but after that. I did get the chance. Mm-hmm. So these people were th- assuming that you were doing a lot of drugs, and yeah, you weren't. I, like a, I guess I'm a stereotypical dude. I guess. Mm-hmm. You just get those. Some people just assume things. Oh and... yeah. Almost in the same week, I had like two people ask. I was at the movies, and this. Chick came up to me, asked me just straight up, you know where I can find some marijuana, sir? Mm-hmm. Wow, just off the bat. Yep. I was yeah. like, no. Yeah, I know. In my high school, I always tried to make all the kids think I was doing all the drugs, so that way they would, you know, no one would mess with me. So they'd be like, oh, that's that kid. He's on fucking all kinds of drugs. Don't mess with him. You know, I'd, and by the time, you know. Just you make kind of a, a facade. You either make the facade yourself, or it's made one made ones for you. You know. So um, I know I said I probably did acid uh, when I was sixteen. Sixteen. How how old do you think you were? At that point, I'm going to say fifteen or sixteen. Fifteen, sixteen. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right. 15 or 16 right around so it was like after high school you're like well you know what year did you get to I would have been in the class of 05 05 oh god oh god so at so through your stages of progression um, I know you mentioned you do you know you do have a underla- you do have a, a medical condition that does the did was there a point at which in your in your younger life or in your adult life that it became apparent that it was uh, something that needed to be managed or controlled or controlled yes well I'm actually happy that you asked mm-hmm. uh, crap it's a hard for me to talk about subject though. It's okay. Is that not something you want to talk about? Just repeat it once so I can understand it more. Okay. So when, so at what point in your life did your uh, your schizophrenia become Diagnosed. something that you needed to cl- control when oh. you were like, okay, this is something and I got to do something oh. about it? All my life, dude. I went to special schools because I have no idea. They said out of the bat there was something wrong but I was too young to uh, have a diagnosis at that time so I've been around it since childhood oh god yeah uh, a lot of uh, the ones with a spark or the ones that are quote unquote different that don't meet this um, cookie cutter 
child that does basically a test taker and you're you know so and you, you know if it, I, my parents you know oh he's got ADHD he needs to be on Adderall he needs to be on Vicodin and Vyvanse and I'm, you know and they're like no that's not what we're doing. and I turned out just fine you know the project of the mid 90s yeah I remember it well yeah so you're back in that age where everything's developing you know no one no one really knew what to do anything you're just lucky they didn't do a lot they didn't do a lobotomy or anything right no no lobotomies yeah I met lobotomies patients those you can tell there's something different mm. you know um, so let's see here So when, so when do you think your uh, your use progressed into how would you would say addiction? Um, I like to take a stand firm that I can't get addicted to marijuana. Yeah, I mean we're not really talking about marijuana because that more or less is a medicine nowadays. Oh. But we're mainly talking about like Zant alcohol, like K two, like oh. drugs that you struggled with, not really drugs that. Help you succeed. Okay. Yeah. I think I said I tried that K two stuff and it made me a violent person. Mm -hmm. So violent. I was at a McDonald's and I remember I was trying to get my mom to give me some money so I can go use again. And uh, she kept on saying no, so I stood up, threw hot coffee at her face, and I punched her in the face. Over the K2. Yes, just because I wanted money for it. And how, that, much, how much money was it we were asking for? Anything at that point. Anything, whether it be a, a 5 or a 20 or something. Anything. Okay. I can't really remember that part. Okay. You know, I remember when uh, one of the rehabs I was in, they uh, were teaching us about the brain, and they told us to... Think about when you go to think about these drug, these harder drugs that would consider that that some I would consider a relapse. You, um, we all, at, we everyone in the room was asked, you know, how much would it cost for you to go get a nice little sack, and you know, be able to get high for the evening. And uh, most of them was like twenty, thirty, maybe one person was like a hundred and twenty. You know, I do cocaine, I need a you know but a lot of those older you know just adults you know 20 bucks to go get some heroin and shoot up and the doctor had us look at it and say is that worth your children your house your family you know another trip to the loony bin so as I always see it, did you ever, um, so what mainly uh, made you stop doing K2? Was it just the fact that it was uh, then he pushed illegally or? No, I was, went to rehab. You went to rehab? For oh. K2. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so did uh, this rehab help you at all or when? How would you feel like when you got out of the rehab? 
I swore it off forever, and uh, for then, the only thing I wanted to do was smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Wait a minute, what age are we talking about here? This is just the, your addiction process. We're oh. talking about your, your K2 addiction right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So how long was it? Was it this was a, a year period? Was it six months? Hmm. I have to think about that one. Because hmm. like my Xanax was two or two, almost a year, and it literally felt like three or four weeks. It was wild. Some of, because of the how much the amount of drugs I was using and the amount of time I was blacked out. The only amount of conscious time throughout that year was maybe three or four weeks of not just, you know, not necessarily high, but the amount of drugs that when, when you mix Xanax and alcohol, a lot of things happen. And it's very dangerous, and I would not recommend it to anyone. It is, um, it's definitely led me to a path where I, if I didn't have uh, the friends or the opportunities that I uh, had at that moment, granted, they were, we were all using together and getting fucked up, but if, some of those kids saved my life because a lot of those times when I was at home, a couple bars deep, drinking beer, you know, in my room, in my sorrows, you know, with my bag of ketamine, you know, debating on if this is the night that I'm taking my 10K pills and I'm not going to wake up in the morning. And it's... And... You want the human psyche and the human condition always wants to put a reason, a purpose, a plan to everything. A label? Labels, yeah, exactly. Labels to everything, you know? And it, it just, you build everything and you, can't, you have to break it. human yeah so it's, it's whether or not uh, you you can transcend these ideas and these labels if you want to pro- be progressive something if you want to expand your consciousness and, and get into that loving awareness so it's gonna be a clash I don't think it's gonna re- resolve itself anytime soon there's it's not necessary. I'm not saying it's a resolve. Uh, I mean, more or less a uh, uh, learning how to go about your reality with all these cravings and these thoughts and emotions. Because um, some things are, you know, just band aids. You know, like a lot of time, but. Uh, So uh, let's uh, let's talk about AA a little bit. Give a little uh, asshole anonymous. This little 
thing. Did it? We'll we'll we'll, we'll have. Uh, Can we leave that for another time? We'll do two questions. First question. We'll answer this first question is uh, yes or no answer. Did it help you? Yes or no? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it helped me too. In the beginning. And the and the second question, does the over obsession and the failure to understand the root cause undermine the AA's potential? Hmm. I haven't thought about it like that. Yes. So. to all, everything as soon as you get in there you're jumbled up with prayers get on your knees and call these people and go to a meeting every day for 90 days and granted all people need that you know but there's there's a life beyond sorrow and begging so how, Jimmy? So how would you say you progressed throughout your your stages of K two through your alcohol addiction through your twenties? Because um, uh, I'm gonna have to stop there and saying that for a long time I said screw you to alcohol, pretty much mm-hmm. at first. Okay. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. but. Became, I wasn't really an alcoholic per se, but uh, just fake it till you make it type of thing. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of times I, I've heard you mention um, that you you say to me you you pissed away your twenties. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to talk about that? Sure. I learned more by answering questions, not just talking. Mm-hmm. Okay. It helps food. Questions, yeah, I like questions too. So how? But let's start. Uh, twenty. Uh, you you just turned twenty. Uh, your birthday. Uh, Actually, start with me. I started at twenty-one. Twenty-one was when you really started using and everything. No, that's how. Uh, with that, how the drinking started. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, my 21st birthday, 21st birthday kicked ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had birthday sex too. Yes, it's, it's always a good time on your birthday year. Yep. So let's. So as you kicked off your 20s, now you're 21, running through. What's a normal day? You wake up. What's the first thing you do? Oh. That's what I'm talking about. My 21st birthday, I had my alarm set up. It was a glorious day. I finally can buy it legally. Mm-hmm. The first thing I do, grab my money and bought some beer. I used to live in front of a little liquor place. I forgot which one. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so me and my buddies used to go downtown. They used to have something called the Friday Fest. Friday Fest, okay. 
and sometimes I party and sometimes it's people with the that turned into an art fest. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I we were walking downtown in the bar I always wanted to order a beer from. Yep. And I went up to him and said, here, I ordered it. There's a Heineken. Nice. And I put him in this, I had to like, here, just look at my ID. Yep. He's like, whoa, you gave it to me for free. Yep. I got a couple of birthday drinks, you know. Oh, yeah. I like to get you in there as soon as you turn 21, get you a couple free ones. That way you always come back hoping you get a free one. Can we joke around a little bit? So what's going on? Yeah, so. I remember I had this question. You ever heard of a mojito? Okay, yep. Is that a girl drink or is that a dude drink? A mojito. I'm, I'm just a dude who likes mint, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I mean, I personally... The only mojitos I ever have are in a can. Oh. Never mind that. I've got a... Oh. Yeah, I, might, I usually like a tequila sunrise. You know, the only reason I ask, because me and the ex friends I used to talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know those ghost hunting shows? Okay, yeah. Just... She watched those ironically religiously. Oh god. And we used to you made a smoking game out of it. Okay. I forgot the rules now, but it was mm-hmm. just really fun. Yeah, that's always a good time. Then around that same time that she already told you about the free beer. Yep. Fast forward maybe two years after, me and my Okay. Well, first of all, her name was Andrea, so I don't have to say the same thing. Let's get that out of the out of the blue there. And uh, oh crap, help me along here. Her name, Andrea. Yeah. One minute. What What was the topic? Oh, we just you wanted to just go off on a tangent about some funny stuff. Oh, yeah. And. I can't really remember now, but oh yeah, my twenty-first birthday. Then it was fun for about two or three years until the novelty wore off. Yeah. Then I was a social drinker. Then boiled down to just like me and four friends. Boiled down to just me, my bottle, and pot. Then I sort of got, I think that's my low. Well, no, I smoked crack once. Okay. And that was that time you told me about the uh, talking to someone on the the bench? Oh, yeah. My mom is so close-minded. I told her I smoked and she found out. She just, instead of trying to hear my side of the story she tossed me out and i was homeless for about two weeks really yes she's over oh, the crack the crack i'm getting to that oh god, oh god. um 
Let's see. First couple of days was really boring. I hung out at the mall so I could charge my phone. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, How'd you shower? My, um, I called my mom. She said, uh, I can have like one shower, then I sat back on the street. You know what I mean? Can at least be that nice. One shower a day or one shower? Yes. Oh, God. And, uh, crap. It's not even that you sleep or anything in the house. I lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you were saying how your mother uh, kicked you out over the crack, you know? No, nope. you... hold on a second. We're, oh, okay, now I know where I am. Okay, my mom freaks out even though I told her and she found pot. She knows that about me. I know I'm a 33-year-old man right now, but she uh, is my, uh, I can't think of the word right now, managing my money type of thing, so I have to be careful, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a different subject. Yeah, you went. You went there. I'm sorry. I freed myself out. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Take it away, Mr. Nicholas. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I guess uh, I only had a couple. You probably about uh, six or seven, maybe years of uh, just from that went from uh, from a. Simple, just experimental here and there stage to a full blown every weekend to every day to everything. It, uh, it, I mean, I I did a little weed and then did a little weed and then, um, had kind of a, a getting in trouble, went to a institution uh, a little uh, while I was fucking 16, you know, and telling my mom something, and she were both screaming at each other, and I ran away, and next thing you know, I'm in this place, and all these kids are telling me about all the wondrous drugs that are out there. And about how weed's nothing, about I need to do all these other drugs and stop fucking with the weed because they're going to just, you know, find it in the pee. And so that's what I did. I went and did all kinds of shit. Every hoot and chemical under that thing, you know. That was uh, my 11th grade year. And then my 12th grade year, I... uh, Switched back to the weed and got on to the all natural and mainly slowed down on it. I still do, still do ecstasy every now and again and shrooms, but definitely slowed down on yeah, it. Yeah, Mr. Sleepy Pants. Yeah. Now you're going to have to tell him why I call you Sleepy Pants. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay, so there's medications that I've taken and uh, those mixed with the psilocybin. 
it's just counterproductive and nothing happens so you just fall asleep um, so yeah, as I was saying uh, yeah so then let's just you know and progressed and then started drug dealing and not you know getting kicked out and then moving to the cult and you know eventually just really trying to discover myself and discover my friends on the way and and the whole time I've had opportunities and AA was there but nobody in AA were those friends that all the told me that they were gonna help me and keep me safe and I never had to drink again not one time did someone act in the way the universe was created a lot of these people are on their knees begging and pleading you know and that's you're only gonna get calluses you gotta the universe acts in power power moves so you have to command it make power moves make the conscious decision to not you know not be addicted and not let that substance contain control you because if something is if you still have to push something away it's still got you and it's all about uh, your life with and without it how Jimmy how would you feel your life uh, with with drugs and without drugs Hmm. Like once, ones I've tried and what they what they did to me. Um. Uh, so I'm just saying, like throughout your life, I'm sure there's processes of uh, periods of times where you did drugs and periods of times where you didn't do drugs. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well. Uh, one of the reasons why I started was because I was really bored. I'm the only child, mm -hmm. so it's a blessing and a curse. Yes, yeah. And uh, one thing I do care about what my mom had to say about it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't finished with the story. Oh, God. But... Uh, well, I was at the mall trying to charge my phone. I went outside to ask somebody for a cigarette. And he's like, dude, do you smoke anything other than cigarettes? He's like, dude, you got my attention. Mm -hmm. So we tried to find him, but then we got to talk and say, oh, cool. He was a really cool dude, and it turned out he can help me out. I crashed on his porch for like two or three weeks. Nice. Oh, that was kind of the end. If Quentin Tarantino can do it, so can I. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know it's out of order, but I just wanted to get one thing straight. Mm-hmm. I was homeless for that, like I said, for two weeks, but my mom kicked me out because I told her I did pot. Oh, for Where pot? The, she kicked you out? Yes. Oh, the streets. Wow. And uh, crap, I forgot what I was gonna say. Help me out here. 
gotta you gotta be able to complete sentences, Jimmy. I can't always guide you. No. Oh. Oh. Okay, I remember now. One of the days I was or one of the nights I was sleeping on a bench and this one dude came up to me and just shoved me and saying, Are you okay? And then Turned out he was heading to a party anyway. It's like I'd have nothing, I have nothing better to do. I'm just a dude on the bench, so I went to a party. Oh, nice. And uh, first it started with a couple of drinks, then a couple of couple of us went in the front porch. And I didn't know what they were doing at first, but it was crack. Crack, how did you do it? You do it out of Little Rose? No, it was, uh, they made a homemade one out of a pen or something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, once I did that, a funny story I like to tell is because once, just picture it, I was tweaked on crack, and the next day I had a therapist appointment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So here I am, tweaked out, trying to understand what's going on with my therapist, and he's like, oh. he was out of safer words. Yeah. But luckily I haven't talked to that dude in a long time. You wonder if therapists are there to help you, or if they're just uh, there to guide you, because mm-hmm. you wonder they just poke you and make you feel these emotions, but as soon as that hour is up, you know, Wherever you're at, you know, no matter no matter if you're on the verge of a breakthrough or you're crying in tears, you know, when that hour is up, you got to get out because there's somebody else coming that needs that he needs, you know, that twenty five dollar copay. I understand. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but they're there, you know, and you got to find a good one. I was never able to find a good therapist. And the only one that, the one good one that I had that kept some sort of a good knowledge on me, you know, left. Can you say something? Mm -hmm. Well, I can understand a little bit what you're saying, but I can only speak through my experience. I can say something. When it comes to the stuff you said about... uh, was the last thing you said? <laughs> Do we need to take a break? Yes. Be right back.